I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider. Tonight, we're going to preview the somewhat massive double game week round 11 of the 2020 fantasy season. This episode is brought to you by schedule changes because MLS Fantasy was way too easy as it was. No, 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 no. I mean, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing MLSFI Patreon supporters. I'm your host, Michael Denton. Reed and Blaine can't be with us today. Uh, the MLSFI community has a mixture of joy and, and grief. Uh, as you all know, Reed and his wife were expecting a baby. They had a very healthy baby boy, Landon, uh, last week. So Reed is taking care of new little baby MLS fantasy boss or MLS fantasy baby. We haven't quite decided on the name yet, but uh, mom and baby are doing uh, very well, very healthy. So we're very happy about that. Uh, on the other hand, unfortunately, Blaine had a death in his family, so he's taking care of that. So our thoughts and prayers um, go out to Blaine and his family. So that's why he can't be with us tonight. And so I'm doing it by myself of the normal co-host. But it's such a big double game week. It's the first week of the Champions League. We definitely want to make sure we got uh, fantasy advice to you. So we've invited two guests uh, with me tonight. We have Todd Modisette and Ryan Anderson of MLS Fantasy Stats. How are y'all doing tonight, guys? Hi, right, doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing great as well. And for those that are uh, wondering who weren't on the podcast beforehand and uh, are wondering why my screen looks very creepy, uh, it's because I'm in a car and I'm attempting to do this <laughs> by phone light at the moment. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, Ryan's trying to join us by car, so there might be some audio issues uh, with, with his feed, but we'll try to make sure it's a, as good as possible for you guys. So, I'll mute right. as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so round 10 is in the books. Um, it was a double game week for all teams going in, and a lot of teams lost a double game week due to COVID. So uh, curveball, a lot of fantasy managers got busted off by losing out on that second game for a lot of teams. Um, how did you guys do? I guess we'll start with Todd. Uh, well, good timing to have me on because I had my best week of the season. It was week ranked <laughs> 11 overall with 114 points. Uh, hit my captain with Lodero, got 26 there. And Castellanos from New York City and Tinner Home both had double-digit games. So it was a good double game week for me overall. I think this one was a lot about if you just avoided some of the people who blanked because it seemed like there was a lot of players who had got, at least got a goal with this clean sheet. But, you know, some of the ones like uh, Kaxper from Philadelphia didn't do so well. Yep. How about you, Ryan? Well, that sounds very familiar. Uh, I also had, I think, the best uh, the best week that I've had this year. And, um, yeah, so I ended up, I think, with 109 overall. This is going by memory at the moment. But <laughs> uh, I also captained Ladero, and I also had Casper Shavuko. And uh, so I had the the uh, 
blessings and curses, one might say, <laughs> that Todd, Todd did as well. Uh, and then I had a, a pretty solid switcheroo going with the Nashville, uh, Nashville defense, a couple Nashville defense. Um, and then who else did I hit on? Uh, I also had Castellanos on the bench coming in. Um, and then I had uh, Lee Wynn, his second game, he got 13 points. So those are kind of my big winners for the week. Well, y'all, I'm glad y'all had great weeks because I did not. I only got 80 points. Um, it wasn't really because of the second game. I, I mean, I had a few Orlando players like Smith and uh, DK on the bench who I was kind of hoping, you know, might do something, but they didn't get the chance in the second game. Uh, but, I mean, all of it was just kind of like mediocre overall. No, nothing really hit for me. Um, I had Pozuelo as my captain, and, and he didn't do as well as Ladero did. Um, I'm trying to go through my team, but for some reason, MLS Fantasy just will not load my past team, which shows how bad it really was. So um, I'm looking at the scores uh, over in chat. Um, definitely had some good scores, 87, 88, 86, 91. Um, so, yeah, so that looks like about the range. Um, you really kind of wanted a score in the 90s. If you got a score like 80, you, you probably, like me, you went down. Um, if you got into triple digits this week, you, you, you did pretty well. Um, so let's kind of get to, I mean, it was a crazy week with the COVID situation. We kind of expected the Rapids to get the first game for this one, maybe not necessarily the weekend. And then we had the Columbus crew, um, match get, uh, postponed, uh, the Minnesota match get postponed. So it was a very kind of crazy, uh, weekend. What kind of takeaways did y'all get from this weekend? Uh, well, for fantasy, my biggest takeaway, which will probably be even more of a role of this game week is for the double game weeks with possible postponements or suspensions for COVID, the first game is really the most important. I think most of the players I picked, they had their biggest game on the first game of the week. And those are the ones where you could see the lineup, know that the game is happening. So I think that was a big lesson from this week, and it's going to be a big lesson for this coming week. Yeah, absolutely. I concur with that. That's one of the things that I noticed too. I, if I don't know that a player is going to be playing, I do not start them. Like that's there's. In fact, I, I don't even know if I put them on the on the bench. I, I think I had to confirm that. Uh, um, oh, who was it uh, for Houston? Uh, my gosh, uh, Minotas. I I put Minotas on the bench, and of course he got his red card. But I was concerned that Minotas wouldn't be starting. I wasn't sure if Minotas, Minotas would or if uh, Ramirez would be. So. I had to make sure, though, that he was starting um, so that I could get that second game. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way that I got the second game. But <laughs> um, but basically, at this point, if I don't see them, I'm not going to count on a second game um, uh, appearance, uh, even if they're on the bench in the first game. I, I just I don't count on any minutes being played, and I pretty much only go for guaranteed uh, people who are going to get guaranteed minutes in that first game. So you don't you don't know if you're going to get a second one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when when you're when y'all are making your picks, are we should should we be only looking at the first game and just looking at the second game as kind of a bonus chance? I mean, is is there any value in saying, well, this team I don't like the first matchup as much, but the second matchup is better? Or are those kind of players only going to be bench options, or do they even make your bench? Uh, well, if they're actually playing for the first game of the week and they have a 
intriguing second matchup. I don't think you should rule both players out. I mean, there will still be most of the games probably played for the second game. It just adds more uncertainty. So my priority will go to the first game of the week. And if there's a really good player who has a really intriguing matchup for the second game, I definitely would still consider them. But if it's like a sort of a long shot, risky type player who you like for their second game, that's really adding a lot of risk when you don't know if they might not even start or play that game. So it depends on the player. So for the strong players, I don't mind looking at the second matchup as much. But the general guide, I think just the first one is the main one you look at, and the second one is sort of a bonus. Yeah, for me, I tend to uh, I tend to look at both matchups, but I, my way of determining whether or not I'm going to keep that player is whether or not they're in that first lineup and whether or not there's been any news on the COVID front now. <laughs> like that's that's something that is is playing such a major factor in you know avoid this team because they've had you know one player that's tested positive, and uh, that's kind of just the way that I've been looking at it now. Um, there was a that was one of the reasons why I avoided Minnesota, is because I had heard some news that a player tested positive at some point, and so um, yeah, I just avoided Minnesota, and it turned out that that was a good decision. All right. Well, what about um, some on the fields? Were there any players who like kind of stood out to you as like this might be a player to jump on the bandwagon, or any players to kind of hop off the bandwagon? Uh, any kind of big names jump out to you? Uh, I, I know for me, um, which I mean, is surprising as an NYCFC fan, Tati Castellanos, four million midfielder, did or excuse me, four million uh, forward. He did really well with Abair out. He's going to get a lot more playing time than he has recently. Um, he's definitely going to be one on the radar. And there's another four million uh, forward that y'all we might talk about. What, what about y'all? Anyone stand out to you? Yeah, I'd say Taddy is one that I was going to mention um, as well because he's he even took a penalty kick the the previous game I think yeah. uh, the previous week. So um, I don't know if he was supposed to, but or if he was like planned to be the guy that would take that. But uh, yeah, he was one guy. And then um, Lee Wynn has taken on the Carlos Hill role of the main playmaker for New England now, um, taking a lot of that ability also from uh, uh, that production away from Boo as well. Um, so now uh, Lee Wynn is the creator, the bonus points um, the bonus points getter of New England. And so if you're going to take a New England player, uh, you got to go Lee Wynn, I think, at this point. And he's only uh, I do not have this in front of me, but he was in the, I think, like 6 million range last week. He's probably gone up quite a bit, but um, he's still 7. cheap 3. for where his, okay, he's still cheap for what his production yeah. probably is going to be. If he's playing a double game week, which I think he is, but I'm not sure. He is not as of right now the way that they have the schedule. We'll talk about that at home TV because it's as it's weird. Right it's weird. <laughs> uh, Todd, Todd, anybody from you? Uh, yeah, a couple guys. Uh, so for Columbus, uh, Pedro Santos. He actually scored double-digit points without getting a goal or assist, which is extremely rare. With Zell Ryan out, he's just taking over all the set pieces, and I think that makes him a really intriguing option. 
even though that Columbus is scuffling a little bit. Uh, and then also uh, one that's big for this week because of his mat- matchups, Pavone had been not playing well for the Galaxy. He had been a big fantasy factor earlier in the year and then had been scuffling, and then he put up a 15 this week. So I think that definitely brings him way back into the radar for fantasy picks going forward. Yeah. One, one other. Oh, sorry, Ryan. You go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I, I, um, one of the things I've been noticing recently is a lot of people think that Joao Paulo has had, uh, Joao Paulo has had, um, sim- like people have taken him at a similar clip as Ladero, but both in total fantasy points and in underlying stats, I've seen Ladero have a much larger role in the team than um, Joel Paulo is, at least from a ability to produce fantasy points perspective. I mean, Ladero's on penalties, so that, okay, fine. You know, that's that's an extra little added bonus. Um, but overall, other expected assists and expected goals, Joel Paulo is not anywhere close to what Ladero is um, from that perspective. And so I, I, I don't think that someone could justify taking Joel Paulo if you have the money for... Uh, Lodero at this point. like They're not comparable in my mind uh, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, r- r- yeah, money money's the big thing with Lodero because his, his prices have skyrocketed. But let me ask all this. I know um, there was some talk on Discord that this was the week that maybe $125 million, uh was starting to really hurt. How have y'all felt about the price changes as we go into the last um, section of the Champions League? Uh, well, I, I like it right now. Like early in the season, I, we basically everybody could pick almost every player they wanted. Usually it would just be like one or two slots where you had to go cheap. Now you have to balance it a little more. But I mean, I think, since, especially since we all have the same budget, I think last week was a good lesson on that, that Lodero as a captain really paid off. I, like, I know some people switched to Paolo or other players who are a bit cheaper, but I think one of the big lessons is with the as the budget gets tighter and really make room for your star players, especially your captain pick. You should save your budget in other places because the captain is so important that you shouldn't bypass the captains because they're expensive. And even like your top four to five players, I would really try to make room for them and then go budget around there. And if you start need to fill all your roster with cheaper players, do that. But find your key guys and don't bypass them just because they're expensive. Yeah, and one thing I'd mention is the those cheap um, the the cheap players are changing every week now. Um, so before, with the old pricing systems from a couple of years ago, you'd have a player that wouldn't move much. Like they suddenly became a starter, but they would never actually get to the price point of being a starter. And so you could always count on them to slot in as your cheap guy that you either throw onto the bench or um, I mean even. If he became a starter in that way, then you wanted to put him on the field, you do that. But um, this year, the cheap players that you're going to get are constantly changing because, you know, suddenly with uh, you, you choose a cheap player because you know that they're going to get good points or you expect that they will, and then they get good points, and then they rise by $1,000 uh, for the next week. So it, you're starting to have to look more closely for those cheap players or even like I – at some points never considered certain players because I never looked at their price. And then I suddenly realized, oh, this 
there's five million dollars. I think A Bear at one point had gone down to that level, and I was like, mm. I would never have considered A Bear because I thought he was ten million. <laughs> well, he hadn't been <laughs> producing for a while, <laughs> so then all of a sudden he uh, starts producing, and, or he um, he starts. Or I think he's going to produce, and he's only five million. I'm like, oh, I didn't even get the chance to consider him because I thought he was so expensive. But go out and find those players that they're they're still out there um, because of the new pricing format. There are players that haven't produced a little bit but that you can expect to produce uh, relatively soon. And so I think that that's one of the takeaways that I got from uh, from this week. I mean, Minotas was a bad example, but Castellanos uh, was a perfect example of this. He got a $4 million forward, and he is basically one of the top scorers of the week. And it was actually something that a lot of people had because they knew that he was going to play a larger role in the offense with uh, – um, Iberian. Was it? Was it Matricha was out as well? Yeah. Well, Matrice has been sold to uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, or technically loan, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, he he was going to be um, taking on a bigger role, and he was inexpensive. So you could you could go out and find those deals, and that's why I agree with Todd. You gotta you gotta go for the players that you know can produce, and then go find those values that exist out there. You know, another plug for the MLS Fantasy Boss uh, Discord chat. That's that's where I find those players. I mean, yep. <laughs> you know, I, I go out and I talk to people, and I find out, hey, there's this player out here. You got people that know their teams, and you can you can call out and you can find out from those people who's who's playing that's going to be a good value on those teams, and that's how you can find those players. Well, all right. Well, those are some some good takeaways. Um, that was a big week that we had, and we're going into uh, another week. Um, so we're going to get into the housekeeping. This is week one of the Champions League. So all of the legs are done for the Champions League. So you're either qualified or you're, or you're not. So I didn't qualify, so I'm out. So I'm just having fun for the last four four weeks of the season. Uh, but the guys with me, I, th- I think, have definitely qualified, right? Y- y- y'all both qualified? Or like yeah. second twentieth overall. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I got in the first two weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, which I, I think Reed did too. So um, I'm interested to see hear from him his experience and his, what y'all think of it after it's all done. But yeah, so we are we are into the last week, the the last stretch of the Champions League. This is the money portion, so it's important to pay attention. And the schedule is changing. I alluded to it at the top of the schedule. The schedule is changing as we started this podcast. So let's try to go into the double game weeks that we have. Um, I started and wrote the script with um, there are four single game week teams, but that has now changed to, I believe, seven single game week teams. Um, well, actually, no. There are six single game week teams and one no game week team because the Colorado Rapids have had the next three games um, canceled or I guess technically postponed due to COVID issues that they've continued to have. So if you're looking on your schedule, I don't know when MLS will update it, but as we're talking right now on YouTube, right now there is Colorado versus uh, Seattle and Colorado versus RSL. Those games are out. So RSL and Seattle are now single game teams. Uh, Colorado will be on a bye, so that's going to be your best option for switcheroos and all of that. As far as single game week teams, Scrubs. Scrubs. 
lots of scrubs for Colorado. That's kind of been Colorado's role in fantasy this year is a lot of scrubs because they can either not have games or have COVID or whatever. Um, single game week teams, this is the deal with them. So we've got New England, we've got Nashville, we've got Miami, we've got Philadelphia, and what is the one that I missed? I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Um, Dallas is the other single game week team. The situation for them is this. Philadelphia and New England had a game that was originally scheduled on Sunday, and that game got moved to Monday, I think as a byproduct of the Tennessee Titans in the NFL having COVID issues and needing to reschedule the Patriots game. So, yes, MLS games are being rescheduled due to COVID issues in other leagues now. 2020 is great. Um, so, yeah, so that's what. So, the New England Philadelphia game, as of right now, is not included in this week's game week. So, as of right now, New England Philadelphia don't have a game week. I'm talking about this right now. Because that means by the time we do the podcast on Monday tomorrow, we'll have already had a game in the game week of week two. Because game week two, the next next game week starts next Monday night. Um, this game week starts on Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern time. Um, three games kick off at that point. Everyone else other than those teams that I've mentioned is on a double game week. So you've got a lot of options to pick from. But you have to keep in mind, after you get it done uh, Sunday, once it opens up Monday morning, change your lineups as, as soon as you can if you want New England and Philadelphia's uh, players for their double game week. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. Um, I also mentioned Nashville and Dallas are on a single game week this week. Their game is on Tuesday of next week. So there will, those teams will still have double game week rotation type issues. It's not like they just have the weekend off because no one has off in this crazy schedule. But that's something to keep aware of if you're looking about rotations and thinking about uh, the kind of lineups that they're going to put out. So I had to redo my entire housekeeping section on the fly because MLS is just changing stuff. And it'll probably change up again. Um, we talked about the teams that had issues at the top of the, the top of the podcast, but I'll mention them again. Columbus Crew in Minnesota, those are the teams that had positive testing as of last weekend. Uh, the last thing that I saw from Columbus was that they had no positive tests today and that they were looking to return to training. So their game for against FC Cincinnati looks like it's still on. I have not seen anything about Minnesota. Ryan, have you seen anything about uh, Minnesota and whether they're looking positive or negative for Wednesday? There were, I think there was a Minnesota coach that tested positive, I think. Okay. Um, well, but, they had two players in their starting lineup who tested positive earlier. Yeah, I, I don't remember who they were after they even announced them at all. Right. But, um, I, seen I think the names of it, well, it was two starters. But I think they will be one of the more risky teams to pick. Yeah, so uh, Columbus plays FC Cincinnati, so uh, and um, Minnesota plays Chicago in the first game of the week. Obviously, this is something to keep. It's very fluid. Keep in touch. Keep keep on social media to try to see uh, what happens. We 
kind of get a heads up maybe Tuesday, early Wednesday about this. MLS has been kind of good about canceling them with enough notice. So fingers crossed that that happens again this time. But, you know, it's not foolproof. Sometimes you think games are going to be canceled. Because I think it was, it was this week where we had New York City and D.C. that got pushed back like an hour or two hours because D.C. had a positive test, but they decided to go ahead with that one anyway. I don't know why. Some go and some don't. MLS's protocols are a mystery to me, and I mean that's like everything else that MLS writes down. That's a, it's a mystery to me anyway. So, so that's the kind of the situation that we're going into with this week. But, um, so there's a lot of double game weeks still, still out there, um, and so we're going to kind of make the picks as of what we've got right now. Um, so starting with uh, goalkeepers and defenders, Todd, who are you looking at this week? Uh, so right now I have McCarthy from Miami as my starting keeper and uh, Marcinowski from San Jose. It's uh, in case of emergency, fill in as, uh, for a switcheroo. Don't would not like to play the San Jose goalie, but uh, just he's 4.0, so that's a cheap option. Yeah, the double game week changes did knock out a couple of my options because I thought that. Price Seattle would be a good option, but now he only has one game this week. And uh, I thought Houston had a decent option as a cheap goalkeeper, but their second game with Minnesota is going to be in a little bit of doubt. So that is one that you are going to want to look at because I think for keepers and defenders, the two games is the most important because the clean sheet has so much part of their value, and two games really increases your chance of getting a clean sheet. For your attackers, I think. You can have one really strong game and still score, but for your keeper, you really tr- want to try to find one who has two games that don't seem to have any issues. What about some of some of your defenders? Uh, so defenders, I so there are a lot of teams I like their matchups this week. So Miami, I actually doubled up on defense. Part of that is because I, right now I have. Uh, LGP for Miami is only 4.0, so right now I'm playing him to save money. Uh, picking Omar Gonzalez from Toronto, I ideally have more money for uh, Larea from Toronto. He's, uh, I think, 10.1. I'll try to work around my budget and see if I can fit him in, but Toronto has pretty strong matchups. And for some cheap ones, uh, Houston's first game is home against Nashville, which has had a lot of trouble scoring. I have Lundqvist on my bench, who's 4.3. And right now I'm looking at Kyle Smith from Orlando at 4.6 on my bench. But that one's pretty flexible. Uh, if Minnesota actually plays, I would like to get their double home games in, but that's a pretty big risk. Ryan, what about you? Uh, before we do that, uh, Mike, could you let my computer uh, into the Zoom meeting oh. so I don't have to use my phone? I sure can. <laughs> See if we can get you a little technical difficult. Well, not difficulties. Hopefully, not difficulties. Let's swap over to computer Ryan. While we're waiting for Ryan, I'll kind of go through some of my picks. Um, I have uh, two players from Portland this week. Um, part of that is uh, who they're playing. They're playing RSL and LAFC, both of whom have significant absences for international duty. Um, so I have Steve Clark. He's 6.8, a lot cheaper than some of the other uh, premium keepers. Um, and I have Toloma, 
uh, in defense, 5.2. Uh, again, just because RSL has really had trouble scoring. They only put one against Vancouver, and Rusnak is out. Uh, for I also like Toronto's matchup. I have um, Aro from TFC right now. Um, kind of flexible on which TFC defender that is. Kind of putting the most expensive, one of the more expensive ones, his placeholder. I have um, LGP um, 4.0 from Miami on the bench. I mean, 4.0. He, he has pretty good upside uh, if he get involved in the attack. Uh, the other defenders I have, I have right now, I have Jack Elliott. Um, he has a single game week option, but his single game week is against DC United. Um, we did just fire a coach. We probably should have mentioned that. Uh, in the housekeeping, uh, Ben Olsen is finally gone. Uh, but I don't know that it's going to generate a whole lot of offense for D.C. Uh, so like Philly in that matchup. And then I have Mensa from Columbus Crew. Uh, obviously, a big question there is whether or not they do play FC Cincinnati or go forward. But um, if they do go forward, they play Cincinnati, and then they play New York City, who's lost Matriza, um may or may not get Maxi Morales back, uh, and won't have a bear. But New York City has had a team, is a team that's kind of struggled uh, offensively, missing a lot of their key pieces, uh, and Columbus has been pretty stout defensively. So, and even if they, even if the New York City game is not that great, if the Cincinnati matchup is is really good, but if, if that gets canceled, obviously I'll have to adjust on the fly. So, uh, Ryan, do we do we have you now fully? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear. All you. right. Cool. Uh, so my first. Oh, I suppose I should turn on my video now. <laughs> hey! Hey, we can see. Uh, alrighty. So my, this is my first look at uh, teams for this week, but <laughs> what I've got so far is, uh, let's see here. If I sort my table by which defenses have the best chance at a clean sheet, and I'll uh, eventually publish this this week. Um, looks like Toronto with two. Uh, two games has a 73% chance of getting a, a clean sheet. So that's pretty darn good. Columbus is up there, and Cincinnati actually has a pretty good chance of getting a clean sheet, which is surprising. Um, where are they playing? We've got versus Columbus. Okay, well. Uh, DC United, that's what they've got. Oh, DC United. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> well, Columbus doesn't have, like, the most potent offense either. Like, it's. It's there. They've they've got Jesse, but without Zellerian, I don't know. Like they've got a probably I think like a thirty percent chance of a clean sheet versus Columbus, so it's not like terrible. Um, so, anyways, if you want to, you'll probably be able to find some cheap defenders if you go with Cincinnati. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for sure. Um, but I at this point I might trend. Uh, tend to go for t- some defenders who are in some of the earlier games that I know I can get the the two the the two people out of. Like don't don't wait for other later games to happen. If you can find some defenders that have decent clean sheet odds, um, again it's a double game week, so I'm not going to go too much for the like the high bonus point defenders. I'm going to go for the defenders that have clean sheet odds, and that can go for um, offensive scoring points. So I'm going to mostly pick wingbacks. Uh, because again, you get two shots at it. You may as well go some, for something that is uh, maybe a little bit less of a chance, like a little more risky. Um, but if you get two shots at something that's a little more risky, versus a player that maybe they get two bonus points every week. Well, two bonus points isn't as good as an assist, 
and it's not as good as a goal um, or even like some um, some points from key passes. So if you can find some of those offensive defensive players, offensive defenders, <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to be going for this week. And I don't quite have my list of them yet. Um, obviously, Brooks Lennon would be a, would be one that a lot of people have picked recently, but Atlanta does not have good clean sheet odds versus who are they playing? Uh, Inter Miami, who's got a good offense, or at least a halfway decent offense, and then TFC. Okay, yeah, there's a reason. Why. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I may not go for somebody like Brooks Lennon. He's also starting to get to that point where he's a little more expensive. Um, but again, trying to find those inexpensive. I'm not going to pay much for defense this week. Let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I, I think that's pretty true, uh, especially with how expensive a lot of the midfielders uh, and forwards have gotten. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some cheap options, which we'll probably try to cover a few of them. But I mean, like Ladero's at like 16, um, which just sucks up your budget so fast. Let, um, let me put it. Let me put it this way: you can get a $5 million defender who starts and has just as good of a chance at a clean sheet as a $10 million forward does at a goal. And they're both worth the same amount of points. So you may as well spend your money in the places where you you need to spend money to get that extra um, goal-producing or assist-producing value. Yep. All right, well, those are some good picks. Um, what What about midfielders? Um, Ryan, I'll, I'll stick with you. Are you not looking at any midfielders this week? Uh, I think there's some people who are trying to decide between Ladero and uh, uh, Pozuelo as their uh, greater than $15 million <laughs> um, potentially captain. Yep. I think, let's see, Toronto plays New York and... Atlanta uh, versus, let's see, who does Seattle play? They well, Seattle Col- only plays okay, San Jose now. Well, at that point, then I wouldn't take, I wouldn't even take Ladero. Um, right. He's expensive for only beyond being on one week. And yeah, he may have a ton of bonus points, which is what I would look for in a single week player. Uh, but at this point, why pay that much for a double game week player when you could be paying half that for a single week or uh, excuse, why would you pay that much for a single week player when you could be paying half as much for a, a double week I can't talk double game week <laughs> player <laughs> um, so I'm not going to be taking Lodero then uh, which I think frees up room for Pozuelo uh, I'm probably going to take a good serious look at Lee Wynn again because New England is playing Montreal and Montreal uh, stinks at defense right now <laughs> so I think that that's going to be a good option um, and Lee Wynn again is only like seven million still, so he's a good uh, a good shout. And then who else have I got from uh, Morgan from uh, Inter Miami was good has been good for the past few weeks. He's actually been ta- he's taken on most of the um, set piece duties. And he even took a penalty after yeah. Gonzalo <laughs> Higuain ended up uh, uh, biffing that one. So uh, I think uh, Morgan might be a good shout-out. Again, he's starting to get expensive, though. Like This is where we start to talk about those price, price issues because Morgan was hanging around that $10 million range before. He had a few good games. Now he's $13.5 million. It's starting to get to that point where you can't 
take too many of those guys. Um, let's see. Johnny Russell's against Dallas and Chicago. That looks like a good matchup um, as well. But again, he's 12, $12.4 million. Um, honestly, somebody like Valeri might be a better choice here. He's only 10.7, but he's still integral to his team's um, to what his team's doing. So I, I think I might stick with Ladero and Valerian win from this past week, uh, but move on from somebody like Johnny Russell and um, what's Morgan's first name? Lewis? Louis yes. Morgan? Okay, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, I think it's probably, I might stick with those other three midfielders and move on from the two more expensive ones that I'm not sure I'll get the value from this week. Gotcha. Todd, who are you looking at? Uh, so I have all my money put into the midfield this week. Uh, so hadn't heard the uh, official Colorado cancellation news. So right now I do have Odair on my lineup. That's a tough decision because I, I, for that one game, that may be like the highest, as good of a point projection as anyone has for one game, even though it's on the road at San Jose. But also he's extremely expensive and it's going to be at the end of the week. So you'd have to save all your money at the end. So I may leave them in right now and then chop them later. Uh, I definitely have Pozuelo with two, I mean, neutral side, but pseudo home games for Toronto. Uh, Morgan I have for Miami. I have uh, Pedro Santos from Columbus. Like I said, he's getting tons of bonus points. There, there is a, a bit of the risk with Columbus, so we'll see if that game's still on. But since their tests were only from staffers so far and they did not have any tests today, I think that's He's good to put in for now and just keep an eye on the news. And then I, my fifth one I have right now is Quintero from Houston, but that one's uh, pretty flexible. Looking at Valeri, uh, if Minnesota plays, they have two home games and good matchups. Um, Molino and Reynoso are good options if they get good news on the testing front. Yeah. And then one, uh, one more cheaper option, the Galaxy's matchup this week are just amazing. They has double home games uh, against uh, San Jose and Vancouver. Uh, so, Yajet, how you pronounce it? Uh, I think he's a... Yeah. That's what I, I know. <laughs> he hasn't had a huge lately, but those those matches are so good. And he does save a little bit of money, so I think he's a pretty good option to look at. Well, y'all yeah, covered a, a point. Oh, yeah, um, I, I do like the Galaxy. I don't have Yajet on on my team because he's been a little boomer bust but um <laughs> i i have a lot of the name that y'all y'all have i, I wish i wish the, the galaxy would get rid of chicharito because i feel like you know would have him absolutely um but i did have ladero in my team i actually had him as my captain pick but i i agree with you guys i have to kind of reconsider that and if i'll probably bring in pozuelo i didn't have him in before just as a money issue uh, but now i'm probably going to make that swap um I also had Pedro Santos uh, again. Two two good games. Um, I had Diego Valeri. Uh, his substitutions have kind of kept his price down a little bit, but I mean, every time he's been in there, um, he's produced. Uh, and RSL is having real real trouble uh, defensively. Um, and then I have Lee Wynn coming in off the bench uh, again. Seven point three. He may be taking set pieces now. Uh, or set set, piece, set pieces generally, maybe even PKs. So, um, and that game against Montreal, I, I think is a is a really interesting option. 
Uh, and if and if he doesn't produce, I can always kind of maybe swap in, uh, especially now that the, the Colorado situation has created some more flexibility, maybe to bring in uh, one of the Seattle midfielders or maybe in the San Jose midfielder if I get that desperate. Um, moving on to, to, well, looking at chat, um, a lot of the same names that we talked about. Um, also see a mention for Montero for Philadelphia. Uh, that definitely makes sense with uh, DC United being as bad as they are. I think that's a pretty good single game week option. Um, but I mean, I think we kind of covered some of some of the bigger names, some of the more more popular names. Um. I'll bring up, uh, I think, another one that might be good. Um, I think Luis Morgan maybe still has a good shout-out. Um, my rankings right now for offense this week go LA Galaxy. LAFC is actually still up there, but, again, they're missing a lot of players. So, And we should mention kind of Kay and the Jar. Or Kay, Kay got hurt and came off yeah. in the sixth minute. Yeah. Um, so between international uh, absences and injuries, LAFC is going to be missing a ton of people. Yeah, I don't. So I don't trust LAFC right now. But then comes Minnesota, Toronto, Portland, San Jose, and Espinosa had a really great week last week. Um, I replaced him with Win, and he got the same number of points as Win did. So I was like, okay, well that <laughs> that works out. Um, but I would say Espinosa. I, I think he's been taking a lot of the set pieces for them as well. Uh, Somebody in San Jose, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, anyways, so that one's one I'd, I'd mention. And then RSL is up there too, um, but I think Rusnak has also gone for international duty, and he's kind of their main producer, so I don't really trust them. Uh, yeah, and then it goes on down into Miami and Kansas City and Houston after that. But uh, I think Espinosa is a really good addition to our list of potentially top producers this week. That that that's a great shout out. Was there anyone the else you were looking at, Todd? Uh, that covers my main one. Another like cheap option right, is Atuesta from LAFC. He's only seven now. It's mm. like good. Yeah. He'll probably get some more usage. For, the first matchup for LAFC against Vancouver is the oh, biggest yeah. betting of all the Wednesday matchups. So. He, I know LAFC is missing a lot of players, but if you can find who is going to score in that matchup, they probably are going to put in several goals against Vancouver, who's just not good at all. And they have to play all their games on the road, essentially. So that could be a good matchup. Yeah, LAFC plays both of their games in Portland this week, even though they're playing Vancouver and Portland. (laughs) Is Rossi still... Did Rossi end up going on international duty? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 so Rossi's... who's taking, who's taking corner kicks then? Is what I'm wondering. Uh, sorry. I also oh, um, Brian Rodriguez left for international duty, I think. Yeah. And then Rossi did. So now who's on corners and set pieces? I know. I know. Atuesta has taken a lot of set pieces, but maybe Atuesta takes over some of the corners as well. In which case, I would say, yeah, he starts to become one of those really good budget options. Um, that is going to see a lot of volume for that price point. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't watch the game. Um, I mean, I, kept the, I would have assumed K would have been taking him before, but now that K is out, I don't mm. know if there's anyone other than Atuesta to to take it. That, that's that's something we're probably going to have to pose to the Discord chat to see if that's true. See that. <laughs> <laughs> who, who who took the set pieces? Now who's fifth fifth down the row? Um, 
but but speaking to L- LAFC, uh, the loss of their forwards with Rossi and Rodriguez out um, meant that a 4.0 forward ended up playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Muzovsky, um, and he was actually one of the Dream Team players of the week. Um, he ended up getting it. He, he, he was the MLS player of the week. Yeah. I mean, he... We get, what do you get? Two, what do you get? Two goals? Well, he got 15 fantasy points, two goals, and an assist. Um, and he's been coming on mostly as a substitute, um, but it's just not his first goal of the season. But um, so you actually now have two. We talked about LAFC having good matchups um, in the previous segment, but now you have two kind of budget forwards. Bradley Wright Phillips, who is now a 10.6 million forward um the price has finally caught up to the fact that he's one of their best players um but i mean he's still a lot cheaper than some of your other forwards yeah. and then murskowski Mer- is uh 4.6 uh or 4.1 anyway he's like 4.1 yeah yeah um, so next week watch it next week he's probably going to go up in value um yeah. substantially because this this pricing system takes in i think at least three weeks into account um, and so his previous values of like the one or two points or whatever uh, are still being counted. So if he gets, if he plays a full game um, this next week, if he plays two full games this next week, or at least a, a decent amount of both games, he's going to rise in value the week after that. So this is your chance to get in on another, get in on him before he starts rising in value again. <laughs> yeah. So so with with that in mind, I have actually have him on my bench as kind of like a really good boomer bust. Uh, player option because it allows frees up some money elsewhere uh and then up top i have pavone uh we talked about those two both of the la teams have really good matchups uh the galaxy have san jose and vancouver lafc have vancouver and portland uh the theme of this podcast is basically pick against vancouver uh if you haven't picked up on that yet <laughs> Uh, and then I have uh, Jossie Zardes. Um, I, I guess I'm, you know, the spirit of Blaine has taken over me. I just feel like someone has to pick Zardes in this podcast. So I wanted to make sure I did it. But I mean, c- c- Cincinnati, uh, this is, is such a good option uh, that, that I couldn't pass it up. But um, who, what are some of the forwards that y'all are looking at, uh, Ryan? I've got uh, I got Moose uh, as a as a sub coming in. Um, right now, I've got Taddy Castellanos. Uh, um, as another fo- again, he's only four million. Last week he had thirteen points. You're not going to see that again, probably. But um, <laughs> he's still a good shout out, I think, um, because he has been substantially more volume now in the new NYC offense with some of the other players gone. And um, to your point about Vancouver, um, I just readjusted my uh, expected goal differential rankings and Vancouver is in a tier of their own at the bottom <laughs> like <laughs> they are so far behind uh, DC is also in a tier of their own but one level above Vancouver <laughs> and then Montreal is in another tier of their own above that basically you've got this entire field of the rest of the teams and then you have Montreal DC and Vancouver as <laughs> the three worst teams um, all getting progressively and substantially worse than each other uh, anyways i wanted to throw that in there as something i'm like i should go see how bad vancouver actually is it's pretty bad um anyways uh so i have also got um in light of that knowledge i also have pavon 
uh, up top. Because um, I think he played this last week, and I don't think he's been called up for any international nope. whatevers. Um, he's he's and, stuck here. <laughs> yeah, main play America on our team that's facing Vancouver. And San Jose has generally pretty good underlying stats, but they have not been playing up to them. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, so based off of what you know, what other teams have gotten on them from like a shots perspective, they shouldn't have let that many goals in, but somehow they have. So, okay, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that narrative. And so Pavon is my third one. I think he should be a lock-in this week for everybody. I don't see why anybody shouldn't have him. Um, he's 10.5, which is honestly not bad for a forward that's of his quality and of his bonus point ability. So I, you got to go with Bavon if you can. Todd, who are you looking at? Uh, yes, yeah, so I joined the Pavon group. I have him <laughs> in. Uh, I have uh, Buzovsky from LAFC, and I'm basically doing a switch right now. Uh, I have him in the starting lineup. I would take him out of uh, the but I'm first going to see uh, Akinola from Toronto mm. uh, with Josie Hurt. So I think that's a pretty good option. He has the two home-slash-neutral side games and starting up top for them. And uh, one other one I've, I mean, I've been looking at right now, I want – most of my lineups have had three Miami and three Toronto players based on their matchups and prices. So uh, Gonzalo Higuain, he's pretty cheap for our forward. The talent is obviously there. He hasn't had a, a huge game yet, but I can see it, it coming any time now just with how strong he is. So that's definitely an option that people should keep an eye mm-hmm. on, even if the form isn't the best right now. Yeah, he's got that Montreal matchup that looks juicy, especially. Yeah. Uh, I saw in chat uh, they mentioned Akinola. Um, I don't know why people are picking Akinola over the only TFC scored who scored this weekend, which was Patrick Mullins. You thought I was getting a podcast without mentioning that. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shannon Friedman mentions uh, Ibovisi. Um I think that's a pretty good uh, pick, too, as a, as a boomer bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely like a weird crop of like cheap forwards who can yeah. like, really score, more so than I can ever remember uh, in, in years past. We're not three of them that we mentioned so far. Uh, but yeah, I, I think those are, are, are all some, some really good picks. Um, and it, it's definitely something to keep in mind, uh, I think probably going into this weekend, is to have some backup plans in case we get some curveballs last minute with COVID testing. Just kind of keep in mind, if, I, if this player, if that game gets canceled, I'm going to do this to this player. Uh, and to kind of think of a, of a kind of a list of uh, moves that you might make if the unexpected happens. Um, so with with all that in mind, who who are y'all looking at uh, for captains, uh, Tom? Uh, so it was between Pozuelo and Ladero before the Colorado news broke. So I, I'm looking at Pozuelo right now, but I think Pavone is a strong option and probably won't be quite as common. But with those matchups, I, he could really go off. So if you're looking to be a little different. I think Pozuelo will probably be the most common captain, but Pavone could be a pretty good second option. Yeah, I, I, Pozuelo is is up there in the expected goals and expected assists per um, per game, and he also gets bonus points. So it's it's, it's really hard to not take him. Um, you've got all these other. I mean, maybe. 
Pavone would be up there for me as well. Um, but I'm definitely going double game week player. Um, Iguain, like you mentioned, actually does have really good underlying numbers. I'm surprised I didn't see him before. Um, but he's got a lot. Um, it looks mostly he's getting it from expected goal. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have much out in the uh, assist division, <laughs> um, but uh, he he does look like he's pretty far up there in expected goals. So I I think that probably I'll end up with Pozuelo given the armband, um, but I think Pavone's a good shout out as well for people who are interested in somebody else that's got a good solid floor, but um, can go for all those goals and assists too. Yeah, I I think I'm with you guys. I think I'll. Probably have Pozuelo as you know either my one or two. I think Pavone is interesting. I'll, I'll throw out a few names I, I kind of thought about um, as I was making my picks. Um, I could definitely see going with Santos for Columbus with the, the points he's produced. Um, and if that Cincinnati game goes forward, I think that's a pretty good opportunity. Um, the same is true with Diego Valeri. If, if he's starting and he's getting minutes, he's pretty much putting six or eight. Uh, up there, the only real question is whether he starts that first game. Um, that if it, and if he does, I wouldn't have a problem putting the armband on him. Uh, kind of the good thing with most of the players we've talked about is that they're all the West Coast uh, teams except for Pozuelo. Uh, but if you are kind of thinking between Pavone, um, Valeri, and, and some of those, they're they're all in the West Coast. So you'll have that kind of you'll you'll be able to see most of those lineups before you make the pick. Uh, well, all right. Well, I think that that does it for this week. Uh, we're just kind of come come to our plugs. Todd, where can people find you? Uh, mainly, I'm popping up on the MLS Discord uh, <laughs> <laughs> under Todd Wad there. So, and uh, my team is Boycottamo. So, if you're <laughs> in the Champions League, just look for that, and we'll see how that sorts out on the. 250 so teams duking it out in these last four weeks but I don't really put anything on my Twitter but there's lots of good people to follow and uh, <laughs> uh, mainly look for me in the chat pop up every once in a while sure and then I've got I'm at uh, at MLS Fantasy Stats and I post on Twitter pretty much every week uh, oftentimes with my um weekly matchups for uh, expected points for clean sheets and things like that for defenders right now that's kind of what I can do with the uh, with the change in the double game week format my offensive point prediction ability has uh, needed to change so I haven't changed it yet (laughs) (laughs) Um, but at least you'll get uh, defensive predictions from me at the moment and uh, I'm also on the discord channel and I'm at uh, I'm Ryan Ryan uh, because I work in analytics, and <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's where you can find me. And oh, I just heard a couple little tweets uh, that might have uh, that might have worked. Wow, look at that! <laughs> pl- plugs work, people. <laughs> um, and uh, what else do I got? I, one other thing that I might plug and uh, is that I'm a part of American Soccer Analysis, and they have an expected goals. Um, uh, table, I guess you can call it interactive table that you can do. Um, where I that's where I go to find out basically, especially on these double game weeks where you get two shots at something, either a clean sheet, which is what I do my defensive stats for, and then um, pretty much I go for my offensive stats. I go to American Soccer Analysis, and then I just 
sort by, um, or excuse me, I, I go down to the uh, per 96 minutes, which is the length of a game, typically. Uh, and that's how I typically find those off, those players that are going to get on good offensive points and be maybe high risk, but generally speaking, high reward, especially as long as you got that, you know, two bites to the apple kind of thing. So American Soccer Analysis, go to their app. They've got the, I should say their app. It's not a, it's not a phone app. It's an app on their website. But yeah, they're uh, they're good guys, and they've got some good stats out there for you guys too. I'm going to throw you to curveball yep. because I got a reminder in chat of something I forgot, which is the boom and bust segment that we've been trying to do. Um, which players do you think are really good um, boom and bust? I kind of mentioned, I, I think Musovsky uh, is a, probably a pretty good option. Um, I could also see kind of any of the Seattle players kind of falling into this category because that San Jose game is a really good opportunity, but you're only going to get one bite of the apple. Yeah. Um, I kind of see LGP and Lee Win as players who fall into that category. Um, what are some other players that that fall into that kind of boom or bust for y'all? I would say any single week team is going to be considered boom or bust, and not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, potentially more likely to bust than boom, um, but I would say uh, Aganola is going to be one of those guys. I don't think he's really gotten any bonus points. Any of these um, strikers up top, Zardes, again, uh, Johnny Russell, um, Jordan Morris as well, I think, is if you're looking for, again, Seattle. And then Bradley Wright Phillips would be another guy that I'd say is... Not, you're not going to get a floor with these guys, <laughs> but <laughs> they could potentially have some pretty good uh, matchups this week, and their underlying numbers are phenomenal. Todd, anyone to add? Uh, like I think he, uh, but like yeah, but Jet that I mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, his matchups are great, but his bonus points are next to nothing. So you're really hoping for goals or assists for him. And uh, then for the LFC options, like Wazowski, Atuesta, anyone that you have on there, that first matchup against Vancouver is so good, but. They do have like, tons of players missing, and they are playing both on the road. So, so it's a, definitely a big boomer bust option. But if you're trying to go big, like if you're in the Champions League or trying to make up ground in the standings, those are that's a potential option where I could see a lot of goals. It's just we haven't seen consistent production yet. All right. Well, thank you to chat for pointing out that I almost missed that segment. Read with me very upset me if I'd <laughs> forgotten to do boomer bust. So I'm, I'm glad we got that fit in. Uh, I want to thank Todd and Ryan uh, for joining us uh, under the circumstances uh, and, and filling in. It's obviously a big double game week. We want to make sure that we got our podcast out to get some great tips uh, for, for y'all. It's so important to, to do well in the Champions League. And then I just want to end um, with our thoughts and prayers to, to Reed and Blaine for Reed enjoying uh, life with his new baby. Uh, and then for Blaine for uh, the loss in his family. So our thoughts and prayers go out to them and to all of y'all. Good luck.